0: Just the state of Fitzy's running backs when we're talking about <laughs> Frank or Wayne Goldman or Boston Scott.
1: You mean you say you mean Woodsy's running backs? Woodsy, I thought we were sorry, back yeah. on Fitzy again. I can <laughs> Poor guy. To week two analysis of the Ocho Bowl 2020 Fantasy League. I'm Steve Mann. I'm joined, as always, by the commish, Andrew O'Halloran and Chris Keane. How are you, boys? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Doing well, thanks. Steve, how are you? I'm and... pretty well, thank you. It's a little, little disappointed to go into uh, week three, one and one, but pretty, pretty happy with Michael Thomas, just tucked away on my bench. So I'm not going to say that it was a... a was all bad over the week. Um, now, before we kick off, um, Keeney.
2: I was just going to say there's, there's six teams on one and one at the minute, so even though you're in that that bunch, there um, hasn't been too many 2-0 teams at
1: the minute, so early days. tight as always in the Ocho, although the carnage that was week two will make things pretty interesting with a bunch of injuries and a pretty hectic waiver wire uh, over the course of the week. So... We will get into all of that. However, before we do, we muzzled him last week, but um, he's convinced us that he does need his right of reply. So we've decided just to give Keeney the floor to respond to some of the um, perhaps unfair commentary that was made about him and his team over the course of the right reply episode. Keeney, over to you.
2: Yeah, I just, look, it's... I'm, I'm, it's fine Feel free to have a crack But i I just like some Reasonable responses Please Some of the dribble That just came out of that Mouth of some of these owners Were just Off the charts I need to get a few things Off my chest After after <laughs> listening to that I'll tell you right now Now I could go to Camo Who Who tried to tell me that Just because Keenan Allen's name Is Slayer That all of a sudden That's a good team name I'm not buying it I'll move <laughs> on though Dale tells me that You know, Minshew's horrific and Tom Brady's his top 10 QB and yada, yada, yada. He's already dropped Brady. Minshew's had scored the same amount as Deshaun Watson after two weeks. So, mate, switch on. But really, the, the main man I want to target here is one Benjamin Woods. My goodness gracious me. I need to go through this point by point with you, Woodsy. I hope you are listening. I'm sure you are. First point. Quote, unquote, how could you take Tyreek Hill over Julio Jones? That's such a hipster pick. Now, to start us, I think people have a misconception about Tyreek Hill um, and that he's a flashy, you know, long, big yardage plays, all that sort of stuff. But I reckon this guy's got more of a flaw than people realise. I think Kansas City want to get him the ball. I think he's a clear alpha in this team. Last year, he missed six games, still scored seven touchdowns. His rookie year, or Mahomes' rookie year, sorry, he scored 13 touchdowns. Um, and 1,600 yards. I wouldn't say it's a, a hipster pick. And the point is, he's 26 this year. He's peak, peak age for a wide receiver versus Julio, who I agree is a star. Um, and for Steve to get him at 19 or wherever he got him is ridiculous. Um, but at pick 11, um, I mean, I, I just don't see what the massive issue with, was with him. I think he's a league winner, for starters. Um, and you can rattle off your wide receiver two stats all you want. But the point is he was injured last year and so was his quarterback. So moving on to the next point that I need to get through is this whole Mike Evans is just as bad as Tyreek. I I can't, Mike Evans has done nothing his career but put up big numbers. Um, and if you want to look at what you did, well, you took Alan Robertson nine picks earlier. And whilst your little subscription told you that Alan Robinson's a really nice player this year, he's still got Mitch Trubisky. So go back to your little fantasy pros or fantasy nos or whatever you want to call them and have a look at Mike Evans versus Alan Robinson and get back to me. But the main point of this rant is the whole crack at me about zero RB. And that's fine because, you know, that's kind of how I like to play it. But like the whole, this hipster approach has killed your team and your team is the worst. If you don't know who DeAndre Swift is and J.K. Dobbins is, that's not my problem. If your fantasy subscription that you pay for hasn't mentioned DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins as relevant fantasy players, this you said two weeks ago that J.K. Dobbins might not get a touch. He's fourth on the depth chart. My goodness me. He scored two touchdowns in week one. How many fourth-string running backs have you seen that score two touchdowns in their debut game? And as I think Steve rightfully pointed out, these rookie running backs may take a little bit of time to get going, right? But as the year goes on, that's when they're going to peak. So just relax on the DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins hate. And while we're at it, can we just look at your so-called running back heavy approach? Now, you've taken Austin Eckler. That's great, but... Right at the minute, he's getting less touches than a guy called Joshua Kelly. And who has Joshua Kelly? This hipster right here has Joshua <laughs> Kelly. So that's really interesting to note. And then you took Lev Bell, who hates New York and Gase hates him. Yes, he got injured. But I want to ask you, Woodsy, which one of his 14 yards this year have you enjoyed the most? Because that's all he's on at the minute. And now he's on IR. That's no great shock. Then you've got Frank Gore. Marlon Max is pretty unlucky, Tawny's Achilles. Then you've got Brader, who's behind Miles Gaskin. And then you've got Boston Scott, who's irrelevant. So you tell me who's got a better running back room. Um, And I'd love to hear your response at some point. And lastly, but certainly not least, is the fact that, yes, I gave you shit for taking San Fran defence in the 12th round. But I would say rightfully so. How are they going for you at the minute? They are defence number 19 currently. Um, And as we say year in, year out, these Superstar defenses don't translate from one year to the other. I remember the Chicago defense from two years ago was unbelievable, broke all sorts of records. Last year, they finished 21st as a defense. It doesn't, they're, they're so hard to predict. Um, this is why I hate defenses and kickers, because there's, there's no skill involved. You're just taking a pot shot crack at it, and you've taken the Niners and claimed that you've got the best defense of all time. Yes, they've been ravaged by injuries, but that's half the point. It's just really hard to sustain. Um, and before I wrap this up apologies for taking up so much time early in the podcast but I'm fired up because of you and to close I would be more than happy I would be delighted to take that $50 bet in week 9 me VU not an issue no problem bring it on and uh, maybe when I do win that I'll be able to you know purchase a, a subscription at Fantasy Knows.
1: Well, well, (laughs) thank you for that. Um, 50 bucks on the line week nine. uh, The team that's currently starting Frank Gore against Keeney. So, looking forward to it. It should be very, very interesting.
0: Well, I've had a look. Um, Uh, Week nine falls on the 9th of uh, November. So, will this be Australia's 9 11
1: with the destruction you put on uh, with his team, Keeney? Wow. Got heavy. (laughs) oh geez it did all right well thanks for that keeney i I feel that uh a couple of guys got off pretty light there but that's uh it's good i I think it's it's probably rightly so to to just hone in on woodsy because there's been a lot of talk and a lot of dollars going into subscriptions but not a lot of positive activity coming out of that franchise through the first two weeks of the year um now we we are uh very keen on trying to keep these a little bit shorter now that we're into the regular season. So let's move on to the games from last week. Big, big week of injuries. And I think we'll we'll probably touch a little bit on that later on when we get into the waiver wire. But let's kick things off with the big... And, and it's interesting to see how quickly these names are changing, but the Pup versus Larry's Dump Truck. Um, Larry's Dump Truck, who uh, Cam obviously... Um, started very very well, reigning champ. He's one of the few two and O teams. And Pop yourself, Keeney, who's uh, been listening to the advice of Woodsy, and, and, and renamed your team. What do we make of that one? What caught your eye on that one, Andrew? Well, I mean, the first thing is got to
0: be Keeney starting the Bengals D. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give us some insight, Keeney, into what the thought process was?
2: Insight insight number one is it's a horrific decision. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Insight number two is I don't mind generally playing a defence on those weird Thursday night games. Um, It's not the reason I did it. But the main reason I did it was because about half an hour before the game, the whole like four of the five Browns offensive linemen were all questionable. Um, So I thought they were either banged up or they may not play. Um, and the Bengals could, you know, get five or six sacks on a pretty weak offensive line. And I didn't think that Brown showed much in week one offensively either. Um, but having watched the game, there is no chance in hell I will ever start Cincinnati defense again. Because they were horrific. No pressure. They made Baker look like a superstar. Their two running backs went off. And oh my God, I, was, I was pumped with minus two. To be, to be <laughs> flat stick honest with you, I thought it looked like a minus double figure job.
1: It, it it fell you away you reckon with minus two? Yeah, I was lucky. It,
2: was, it it felt like minus ten for sure. Watching the game, it was like they can't even stop anything. <laughs>
1: well, tell you what, not, nothing to do with your uh, matchup, but how good did Joe Burrow look? Yeah, just yeah. I don't know. I, week one wasn't not so much, but just I don't know, just just looked good and actually incidentally there was there was another um, we're not going to talk about it because it would just get come on Reese a bit too excited but there was another rookie quarterback who looked pretty good when he took the field as well on the weekend um Keeney, what do, what was your take out of your your matchup obviously 158 to 115 i didn't mention the score earlier but you got the job done pretty easy what was the big talking point for you
2: um the big talking point for me was um you know, obviously 115 is not going to get it done, but um, I had a few guys a little bit below, below the level. Obviously, Kittle didn't play either, but that's all right. I'm not making excuses. What I will say is um, that Cam, every single one of his players, including his defence, scored a touchdown. Um, so I would say that's kind of as high as you could get um, in terms of the ceiling performance in a week. Um, you know, Waller had 16 targets. Like, Waller's going to be a good, good pickup this year. Um but, yeah, everyone everyone on his team scored a TD, which makes it hard to beat. But good luck yeah,
1: to him. I'm going to go a little bit negative on, on Cam here, Ben. I'm kind of with you on the high point thing. A couple of things. Deshaun Watson has had a tough start to the year, but he's not not been setting the world on fire. Um, Zeke's, Zeke's very good, but let's keep in mind, that was a very, very high-scoring game. So he did have a lot of things go his way there. I think Ronald Jones has lost the job at Tampa Bay. That fumble did not come at the right time, but basically from that point onwards, um, he seeded every every carry more or less to um, to Fitz's mate. And basically from that point, Fournette did the job with it too. So I think Ronald Jones is kind of a going to be a bit irrelevant potentially in this as an injury. Um, it, Waller, as you said, massive game. He's going to be good. It was interesting. I, I watched it a bit on and off and you're a New Orleans fan King. So you might've been close to it, but it just looked to me like New Orleans defense was just trying to stop Josh Jacobs and not like everyone. It was all about the run and Waller just got to run around with one guy on him the entire night. And so it made life pretty easy for Derek Carr. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's kind of his ceiling. He's not getting 16 targets too often. Um, So, and and as you say, you know, Baltimore put up 15 as a defense. It's not going to happen every week. So, um, probably a bit stiff there but and as you say you've got a couple of guys to come back um, you' you lost a total of 20 points on defense and kicker which is never yeah. never great and that happens right. yeah. but as uh, everyone would, would but woodsy would agree it's completely out of your control so anyway um, is what it is let's move on to the next one and I will um, say I've already made a kicker and defense
2: change. Going into week
1: three, I don't know. You're probably like me, which is just get angry and try and drop him, like drop, drop, drop during the game. I literally, <laughs> if if I could have dropped Doskowski before that final kick when he kicked the game winner, he would have been off the roster. I know I I, I'd had I was so worried he was going to miss another extra point and cost me a point, let alone score anything. Um, all right, next game cleats and potatoes, um, Woodsy the Spud. Um, and I say that not to insult the guy, but just because that's what his picture is versus Ben Kelsey Clinton, who bit unlucky to lose to me with a very high score in week one. That's come to an end. He scored a paltry 85.46. Andrew, what'd you make of this one?
0: Uh, so Lamar, well, the first thing I had was Lamar is, is he going to have a down year just on how good that Baltimore team looks? If they're dominating teams with their defense and then just running, Is he going to have more games like this where he's not putting up as big numbers and, you know, only getting 17 to sort of 22 points instead of the 30s that sort of you need him to get if you're taking him in the second round?
1: Yeah, it's fair call. And and Lamar's pretty much his whole team. Like, you look down the list. I know he didn't have a great week. You know, David Johnson came down after his week one. Kenyon Drake wasn't his best week either. But it's... There's not a bunch of superstars there. So, yeah, the depth, yeah, was
2: it? The, the depth is looking a little shaky. I know, see, Crowder didn't play, but like Justin Jackson doesn't really look like he's got a role in behind Josh Kelly. Chris Thompson, hard to start him. Lazard, hard to start him. Harry's been okay. And Akers looks like he's third in line and a bit injured. So, oh,
0: that, um, did you, have you seen the trade, Keeney? He no longer has Akers.
2: Oh, apologies. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good trade then.
1: <laughs> Whoever picked up a- Acres is a chump um, The other <laughs> one I'll point out is for, for Ben was uh, He started Chris Herndon as his tight end Who we made a lot of um, Jokes at the expense of you Andrew For taking him as your third tight end In the draft So you know you're scraping the bottom of the barrel When you're taking someone else's third string And putting him in as a starter
0: To be fair to Chris Herndon If you had someone who knew how to coach Like he's with um, Crowder out. He was probably their best pass catcher. And he put him yeah. into block like 60% of snaps. Like, I think just we as the Ocho Bowl could combine for a, a half decent coach over Adam Gase.
2: <laughs> a lesson for, for everyone, just avoid Adam Gase and the Jets. Except for you, Woodsy. You've got two of them. <laughs> Lev Bell and Frank Gore. So keep going, mate. It's going well.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. So so just on, on Woodsy's team, um, one thing I will say for him, Russell Wilson is looking very, very good. We talked after the first week about the fact that they actually passed the ball for a change um and, and plenty good again. He's very efficient though. So one thing I would say. He's he's I heard a stat, something like sixteen percent of his passes have been touchdowns this year. Yeah, and, and which is yeah, obviously
2: unsustainable. But and the other stat was at one point he had eight touchdowns, eight Touchdowns for the year and seven incompletions, um, yeah. and like, and you look at some of the TDs; they're just like forty-yard bombs that just drop in over the defender and into the latter. Like it's, he's playing at a, an amazing level. Um, so whether he can sustain it, but either way, he looks like he's going to be a top three quarterback this year.
1: He certainly does. Um, now, before we move off this game, and not to make this a piling into Woodsy episode, but there is one comment that I would like to make. This is exactly why you do not become a slave to the rankings. Woodsy sat Cooper Cup and started Paris Campbell. Now, what ranking system comes up with a number that convinces you that that's a good idea? And I know he whinged and whinged and whinged about how unlucky he was that his wide receiver five got injured. He picked up Paris Campbell randomly off the waivers midweek the week before. So it wasn't like this is a guy that you built your team around. It's just some random dude that you wavered in and somehow you've started him over Cooper Cup who is comfortably a top four round pick. And,
2: and can I just say, when we we're going through our notes um, and some research on the, on the week that was in the Ocho Bowl, here's my, here's my line on, on Ben Woods. How's the spook on this bloke to bench Cooper Cup for Paris Campbell? <laughs> Hard to work that out. <laughs> Mate, get a refund. If, if Fantasy Knows are telling you to start Paris Campbell over one of the best PPR receivers in the NFL, my goodness. What was it? When does the subscription run out? Is it one month or two? Because you need to email them and ask them, one, who J.K. Dobbins is, and then ask them why <laughs> you had Paris Campbell ahead of Cooper Cup.
1: Um, I can I only assume that maybe he's getting the column of ranking confused with the column of projection, So he's just thinking the lower numbers are a good sign and he's just whacking him into the starting roster. Who knows? Very interesting, but yeah, it was very amusing to see him going in with Paris Campbell and Frank Gore and his team. I could have pretty much penciled him in for a loss. Thankfully for him, he came up against Ben's 85 and he got the win and we all move on. All right. Moving to our next game. Um, Now this was, this was quite exciting. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, The Slayers and players, Camo against yourself, Andrew. Um, in the end, it probably the margin wasn't as big, but I, I kind of looked at it early on. I thought this one was going down to the wire. Uh, what, what what were your thoughts on that one? You obviously got done by about eighteen points by Camo, who moves to two and o.
0: Yeah, I think there were Kyler Murray. He's just, I think mean, Kamo's proven us wrong. We were giving him a bit of stick for that pick, but I mean, he looks like he's moving up into that top tier of fantasy quarterback. Um, and so, I mean, he, he probably put it, he was obviously Kamo's biggest scorer and that was maybe the difference there, I think. First thing I noticed straight away is um,
2: just just how consistent, and I just think the the flaw that Kamo has in his team, like he scored, his, his skill guys have scored two two TDs and he scored 135. Um, so, like, that's a pretty scary thought, I reckon, that, you know, i um, sorry, it was one touchdown and that was to Odell Beckham. The rest of his skill guys didn't score a TD but still put on good points. So um, I think he's got a really high floor. I think from your point of view, Andrew, it'd be, it's, it's good to see Sanders get out there and look like the number one guy, um, put up a nice 20 for you. Um, and I think that's a sign of things to come um, in Philly. And obviously we touched about it off air, but you, you won't see Mark Andrews only score three or four again for the year. So yeah, a little, little bit of a down, down week, and and Camo's got a really high
1: floor. They were kind of my two takeaways. Yeah, yeah. I think there's ultimately it's the points that count, but there's some near misses that you sort of when you watch a game you have in the back of your mind. And before we came on air, we were talking about Swift, and you know if he'd taken that catch in the end zone in the game winner week one, that's another you know ten points on his score, and suddenly he's looking a lot better. Um, similarly, I think. AJ Green, for you, Andrew, dropped two in the end zone on on the Thursday game, if I remember correctly. Definitely one. um, But, you know, his 5.9 could very easily be twenty. The the one comment, I reckon, Todd Gurley, and given I've got pretty much Atlanta's entire offense, (laughs) apart from the two guys you've got, I clearly watch them very closely. I'd be a little bit nervous about him because they just don't seem to want to run the ball. When they get ahead, they just still a pass the ball. He just doesn't look like he's, I don't know. I mean, look. I think we kind of thought he could easily go into that offense, that high powered offense, but when they're putting up 40 points a week and he's scoring sixes, that's probably got to be a little bit worrying. Um, well, I thought they were going to could. use
0: him more in the passing game, which is where though know, he's traditionally been a good pass catcher, but they haven't, they've targeted him like five times and he's caught one over two games. So uh, at the moment, he's not in my starting lineup for week three.
1: Hmm. Yeah, tough one. I think the upside for you, I think Tyler Lockett's looking pretty good. Matt Ryan's clearly looking very good. Um, And I agree with what you said, Keeney. I think Camo's got a very safe floor on his team. Those guys, you know, there's no one there that you'd expect to be scoring under 10 in any given week. Um, What I will say about Camo, though, he's got Mike Jasicki on his bench. There's not much else. Rugs 1.4, Zach Moss 3.7, Sony Michelle somehow still on the roster, despite every effort we've made, and obviously Alexander Madison's just sitting there as a handcuff. So a couple of the injuries Why go. Oh,
0: still sitting there. He's in his IR spot.
1: I don't care. <laughs> Why? He's
2: not. He's not playing.
1: Come on. He's up. He's. Full cool name, but relax. <laughs> Well, the interesting thing, it's its probably a tactical one and, and maybe we, we're giving free advice, but I've looked at the IR spot and thought, you don't just want to keep someone there for the sake of it because hmm. to get someone off there and a new person in there, you've got to drop someone off your actual roster. You can't just bring them straight into the IR spot. So it's, it's not like having it full is really helping you in any way um, unless you've got someone who's genuinely IR who you want to bring back. So anyway... There's a freebie for the punters out there.
2: Can I make an outlandish statement? A bit of a hot take. And <laughs> I haven't heard is, much
1: outlandish statements from you so far uh, today, so it'd be good if you I, gave us something. I
2: thought, I thought I'd, I'd give you something for the wonderful listeners. I've got a, I've got a horrible feeling, and I have no idea if anyone else owns him in other leagues, but I've got a feeling that Zach Moss is going to be Sony Michelle Part 2.
1: There are... <laughs> <laughs> there are...
2: Multiple videos that I've watched of him just with open holes in the offensive line, just running straight ahead into his offensive lineman, and just no vision whatsoever. Which is which is really just like a poor man's Sony Michelle, as we know. So, Camo's got both of them on the pine. So it'd be interesting to track both of
0: their progress, see if they can get above five at some point this year. Yeah, as Well, uh, will Fitzy get a signed Zach Moss helmet by the end of season as well? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It won't be a Super Bowl one, I think it's fair to say. Although they're okay, but when you're only beaten Miami by three points, you're probably you're not in the upper upper echelon. Um, one, one comment on both of your teams, particularly Fitz's team, you guys seem to have come through the injury carnage, uh, injury carnage, relatively unscathed. So that's pretty helpful for you. Um, and I noticed that Andrew because you're playing me this week. All right, yeah, next game. Um, this was the grudge match because. Um, we, we kind of talked a bit about no one wants to start 0-2 beforehand and we had Fitzy Judge Duty coming up against of the Haver. And then Haver clearly didn't take it too well when I traded Adam Thielen to Fitzy on the eve of the game. <laughs> um, good trade for me, I think, in the long term. Bad trade for Haver in the short term because basically just gave Fitzy an extra player who was potentially going to put up a 20 or a 30. Probably didn't matter that much in the end to say Fitzy... Uh, Haver just got the job done with 156.18, just a cheeky 76-point win. Keeney, what would you make of this one? Well, I'll
2: tell you what I made of this one. There are massive alarm bells going off in in the Fitzy fantasy world when Adam Phelan, Sammy Watkins and Gronk put up less combined than his kick-up. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Huge alarm bells going on And Fitzy if, if you haven't Dropped Gronk already Feel free He, no, he dropped
0: him in waivers today
2: Has he picked anyone up to replace him?
0: Yeah, he got um, The Washington tight end, I think Logan Thomas
2: Anyway, I will continue with The fact that <laughs> Cool boy Nah, he'll bounce back the great man, but uh, a few alarm bells going off. We'll see how he, how he bounces back. Um But fun fact for this game, actually, that I, I thought was quite interesting and um, Havers will enjoy it. And that is, is if Havers just trotted out Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamari, he still would have knocked Fitzy off. <laughs> <laughs> so Could
1: have arrested his whole team. Just
2: two players would have got it done this way. <laughs> so, we.
1: Like a you, 40 I reckon five everyone burger. gets one or two of them a year where you just get to turn up and two guys or one guy win it for you. Um, so Haver's probably used about 70 points more than he needed to, unfortunately.
2: I'm he didn't need uh, that 45 burger
1: this week. But he got no, it. no, he didn't. I think Fitzy... Um, look, it's, it's, it's not that fair to critique him for sitting Leonard Fournette, but 27 points on the bench always stings, particularly, as you say, when you've got guys scoring zero, no targets, no touches. They collect the onside kick to win the game and that's the only contribution they make <laughs> with Kronk. Um, but look, he's, uh, he's not going to be too happy either with most of getting injured. He's probably going to miss some time. Um, what, what do you think about the feel and trade from a Fitzy perspective? or well, I guess both perspectives. I'm clearly going to be a bit biased on it, but what did you two make of it? I think Fitzy
0: probably could have shopped him a bit more and got a bit, uh, bit of a stronger deal. But, I mean, I guess, like, Fitzy has to win now. But, I mean, uh, if I'm a Fitzy, because you've got so many on uh, a weaker side because of uh, you're trading up, I would have tried to at least get a second player that you could have started if I was Fitzy.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree. And, I mean, really, it's it's all about Michael Thomas's timeline, which is the great unknown and, and probably why you got him on the cheap, I suppose. Um Differing reports, um, depending on who you listen to, he could be back a bit earlier or, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they shut him down until the Saints buy, which is in week six. Um, but, I mean, he's he'll be back out there in week seven. So you're either going to survive for three more weeks without him and then you've got a top two wide receiver um, or, you know, he might come back earlier. And the thing for you, Steve, is were you... Um, Probably not as high on Thielen or, or what was the trade from your point of view?
1: So I'm interested to get your take on this, both of you. I offered him Thielen or Ridley and he yeah, chose Thielen. Yeah, I, I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan, so I probably would have
2: chosen Ridley there. But um, I can see the appeal after the week one game against Green Bay where he, I know it was a, a bit of junk time there, but he kind of looked like the, the main man and... Got target, <clears throat> targeted a few times, but then on the weekend um, against Indy, just only three catches and it was a bit hard. I think they double teamed him a little bit. Um,
1: yeah. He, he would definitely there. be the main guy, um, how well he can stand up to that. He's a very good route runner. So he's not quick, but he just kind of gets to the right spots. He's he's, he's going to be solid. He's got a very good floor. in. apart from last year, he's never been injured. So he's pretty, pretty good health wise. Um, the other elements of this, that probably gets missed, but I'll call out, which was that I'd played the Thursday night game against Reese already who has Chubb and Hunt and he'd put up 50 points between the two of them. So my chance of winning that game was already pretty slim. So if I'm thinking about potentially going two to four weeks without Thomas, in my mind, week one's already kind of done anyway. So am I really giving up that much? And I was Mm. watching the points because... I had to start Naheem Hines instead of um, who I would have had Thielen in the flex, obviously. And there was a difference of five because Naheem Hines did nothing, 1.1. 1. 1. So I really didn't want to lose by less than five. That would have frustrated me. But thankfully, well, not maybe not thankfully, but he, he did me in by about 15. So that was kind of all right in the end. So, uh, yeah, I, it's it, you're right. It's 100% going to come down to Thomas. And the Minnesota offense is looking horrific at the moment. Surely we get better. Um, the way we played last week, geez, you wouldn't want any part of that. Even, even Delvin Cook, very lucky to score what he did. So,
2: And um, slightly slightly unrelated, but sort of similarly related because we're talking about Thielen, but um, just your your take on um, Stephon Diggs, Steve, before the season started about him just being a, a really good route runner and he's got more tricks in the, in the trick bag than you think. And just because he's gone to Buffalo doesn't mean he's a deep threat. I mean, two weeks in, I think you bang on with that. Um, he's looking really, really solid, and um, I think I had him a lot lower than than what I should have based on the first two
1: weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you, you know you need to see it over a longer period of time. But the I just think he's shown the ability to do it all, and clearly it's helping Josh Allen too because mm. um, he's looking. He's always been a running threat, but having some weapons to pass to. He's been pretty good, which, um, of course, Woodsy, who could have sat here and told us that he uh, got it right, instead just traded him out, panicked, and <laughs> doesn't have him. And Dale's reaping the benefits of it at the moment. All right. Anything else on the Fitzy Haver game? We probably haven't made enough of Haver, but, I mean, I think we kind of said it all, but, you know, the two guys scoring all these points. But um, 156, is your team's in good shape when you're putting up 150s.
2: Have a, I mean, he's got... You know, he's had a couple of injuries with Golladay, so that'll strengthen his team um, once he comes back. I think you'd like to play him ahead of T.Y. Hilton at this point. Um, And James White obviously was an unfortunate out on the weekend. Um, But I will say, and I'm qualified to say this as a Saints fan, um, Drew Brees looks pretty bad at the minute.
0: Um, He dropped him him for 10 again.
2: Well, I need to be more informed of these waiver moves. (laughs) Clearly, I'm not all over it. But anyway, point is, Drew Brees looks shit. Good, good It's
1: it's not totally irrelevant with Haver's team, though, because he's got Cook, he's got Kamara. He's obviously got the handcuff with Murray. But if Brees is terrible... It's impacting... It's actually probably helping Kamara, to be honest, because Breeze, you know, maybe the eyesight's gone and he can only see about five yards downfield. So he's just thrown to the running back all the time.
2: No, but it's it's a relevant point with Cook and he's got no tight end coverage um, without him. So that's a... Yeah, it's a relevant point there, I suppose. Hill's a nice streaming option.
1: All right. Moving on to our next game. Um, Now, always confusing everyone, but I can't Barkley, it's not Fitzy, um, Dale who's got a photo of Fitzy, just to make it even more confusing, against the newly renamed fantasy football team, um, which is Jared. um, Clearly a nod to Washington there. Um, Both sides going in needing a win. Dale 1-0 and Jared 0-1. Massive high scorer, 156 to Dale, getting the job done over Jared with 151.8. Jared's been very stiff, had two very strong scoring weeks in his 0-2. Um, Keeney, what would you make of this one?
2: Well, um, you know, I think strong, strong performance from both teams, but I suppose that the big talking point is at what cost. With Saquon um, going down with an ACL for for Dale, and even Devante Adams, who will probably be week to week with his ha- with his little hammy. I will say, Jared probably whilst he's been stiff, the decision to start um, Brandon Ayuk was very, very interesting for me, and it's probably cost him in the end. Um sorta see sorta see the appeal, but the the risk was certainly there And the flex spot had a many different guys he could have could have chosen there. Um and really in the end that'd be frustrating to know that you know he all he needed was a nine there to to get the job done instead of a four. So um but well, I, do know, all, I, 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 it I do know from spot.
1: Jared that he was back and forth, back and forth in his mind between Devontae Parker and Ayuk and Obviously, last minute gave the nod to Ayuk. Parker scored sixteen point three, so would have got the job done. He had yeah, a twenty four from Johnny Smith and a thirteen from Jared McKinnon on the bench, but wasn't considering them. But yeah, it has cost him the win, which is disappointing.
2: Yeah, but I, I mean, other than that, he's been stiff, as you said. Um, I mean, he got a little it, fortunate it, with Barley, but um, from from Dale's point of view. But I mean, Prescott, if I. I <laughs> This is what I thought Pres- might happen with Prescott at the start of the year. I just think their D is pretty awful and he's just going to have to throw the ball. He's got Zeke. He's got weapons galore. Um, don't be surprised to see 30s from Prescott most of the year. Mm. Just
0: on Jared being unlucky. I look, so his opponents have scored more in the two games than Cam, who's currently the highest scoring team. So even if you just played Cam both weeks, he would still be in better <laughs> shape in what he currently got.
1: Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? I, the one thing that stuck out at me, he got a bit lucky with Barkley, as you say. I reckon he got lucky with David Montgomery. I don't know if you saw that injury. He literally landed on his head. He could have been dead, and he somehow came back on and continued playing after that. So that probably helped him. But on the stiff side, we talked about the decision to go with Ayuko for Parker. He also lost nine on the kicker, and that stings because it's just an absolute lottery. And it's not like, you know, Boswell, Justin Tucker, no, there's no difference in those two. I mean, they'll 0.3 projected difference score between them. So he was a little stiff on that front as well, I think. Um, the other thing that just jumps out at me, and sorry, Andrew, I'll jump to you in a second, but the thing that jumps out at me with these teams, particularly Jared's, and I know I, I predicted him as my winner preseason, it's so deep. Like, you know, you mentioned Devontae Adams, and clearly that stings, but apart from Booker, on the bench, he's got Devonta Freeman, Jarek McKinnon, Chris Godwin, Devonta Parker, Johnny Smith. They're all startable players. Mm. Yeah. Very, very deep team. Um, and I, I notice these teams often because whenever I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. going to have a look who's got that guy or if he's on the waivers, and they're all in Jared's team at the moment. <laughs> probably, the running probably the right
2: back. He's probably the one, but I mean, even with Jarek McKinnon, like, just if, if Monty or Carson got injured. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like, he's pretty loaded. Like, he's got well, sh- two really good tight ends, um, really good quarterback, loaded
1: at receiver, two solid running backs. Hard to beat. Certainly is. And he's got, um, like, Jarrett McKinnon, for the next couple of weeks, you'd think he's all right. Because while most it's out, he clearly looked on the weekend like he's the main guy. Um, and then Devonta Freeman's been signed by the Giants and probably their RB1.
2: And and the irony is
1: that we're talking about a team that's (laughs) 0-2. Yeah, I know. I know. It's true. Because as you say, our league's so even, you can't afford to drop too many games because it's just, there's no easy ones. Um, Andrew, what did you make of this one?
0: Uh, Well, yeah, besides what we've already mentioned, two players that we probably gave them a bit of flack for where they drafted them, uh, Montgomery and Higby, just both put up good numbers this week,
1: making us look a bit like idiots. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we've got to admit when we're wrong He'd be three touchdowns though I mean, doesn't happen yeah. too often But you're right It's a 30 out of him 30 out of any tight end is a phenomenal score
0: and then, uh, Dale's done well
1: up. to ride through The Saquon injury on a week he still wins I guess that's the the Big message out of this one
0: And Jonathan Taylor just I mean, if we redrafted yeah. now He'd be probably a first round pick he's, So while he's lost Saquon like the Mac injuries giving him essentially a top five running back.
2: And you could, yeah. and you could, this is a, yeah, it's a bit, a little bit of a stretch, but it's not too far of a stretch to say that with both teams, offensive lines, you could make an argument that Jonathan Taylor mightn't be that far away from Barkley if they played a full year anyway this year. Um, I think they're both going to be pretty good. So for him to just slot, yeah, Jonathan Taylor in when you lose Barkley, it's uh Whilst it's no good that Barkley's gone, it's a pretty handy replacement.
1: Yeah, it's true. The other one that'll be interesting is Daryl Henderson sat on Dale's bench. Obviously, running back's more of a focus for him with Barkley gone down. Um, Henderson scored 20-odd, 20.1 on the weekend. But I think Brown didn't play. And I think Brown's uh, meant Brown to be if not this week to next week.
0: So Akers got injured in on the third play and then Brown was the lead running back. But then he dislocated his pinky um so he should be back this week and then Akers is day to day so like as now now having the other two members of that three-headed backfield I've been keeping up to date and Henderson got a lot of his I think on one long play um so while it's good numbers I don't think it's I think Brown might be the number one this week if Akers is out
1: Alright, and then the last game um, was myself 134 getting done by Reese. My Chubbberts 15908, which I think was the highest score of the week in the end. Um Keeney, what do you make of this one? Just let me uh, oh yes.
2: Yes, I do have notes about this. And that is my takeaways here is that Steve gets another fifty points from his three Falcon boys, which I think yeah, what well, <laughs> Evenly. I think you'd, you'd probably take walking into a, a week with 50 from three of your players off the bat. Um, I think, as I've mentioned, I think previously, they've got a pretty um, high floor, those three guys together when you start them each week. Um, obviously, the big talking point is Christian McCaffrey. Um, massive pick one. Pretty unlucky. It's 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 funny, though. Like, for me, it sums Christian McCaffrey up that he gets injured and still scores 25, which is most of the most More than uh, most uh, running backs in a given week. Um, obviously, he went off with the two um, Browns boys, as you touched on at the start. So, smart trading from you with the Michael Thomas. And whilst you won and won and, and got done on this one, you did well to get it pretty close in the end. Um, and as you said, Naeem Hines, like, that was a mystery to me. Like, he, he was barely on the field, which is bizarre. Um, after week one, he was, he was the main man in terms of pass catching, um, I know they're in front, so the game script may have had a little bit to do with it, but um, that's a little bit of a concern that he wasn't even on the field.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I've always looked at him as one of those guys like that he doesn't change just, you know, if you have to play you have to play him and you hope the situation works for you. And I kind of thought maybe it was a little bit misguided and biased, but we'd probably come bounce back after week one and we'd be probably leading most of the day. and um, and they'd be chasing points, and I got that completely wrong. They led all day, and he just was not used. So, um, thankfully, there was not really anything I could have done to make up that points difference because Cam Newton went absolutely berserk on the Monday night game, Um, who's looking really good, by the way. I think we are off air when we touched on that, but Cam Newton, late-round pick. We talked about it when we did his review and said that he's probably done pretty well to get him. Because he's got high upside and if he, if he doesn't work out, you just drop him and take someone off the waivers. But early on, that one's looking pretty good. Um, I did a quick piece of research before we came on. I think, if I'm correct, McCaffrey, Chubb and Hunt, the three running backs that Reese has, were all in the top five running backs for the week. So that's pretty handy when you've got that going on in your team. Um, and look, I mean... Yeah, there was some big differential in the kickers and the defenses both ways, so that, never like to see that. But um, no, look, I think I think Reese's team's in pretty pretty good shape. He's got a guy that we might come back to and talk a little bit more about when we get to the waivers discussion. But Durham Smythe, I notice on his bench, just a big fat zero from him for the second week running. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, good good win to Reese, and we move on.
2: Can someone? Can someone explain to me the obsession with... I don't know who Derham Smythe is. He's the second
0: why. tight end of Miami. Because it was right. when they when they first had their tight end, they had um, Gasicki as like second or third on the depth chart. So there was thought yeah. that Smythe might be the number one tight end.
2: Woodsy, I hope you're listening, mate. Because they had J.K. Dobbins as the fourth. That's just a low... It doesn't
1: mean anything. I'm just looking at the stats right now. And... Uh, I think Gasiki put up twenty two or something, was it on the weekend? And let me just add these up. Just looking at Durham Smith's targets for the first two weeks. Yep, that's zero. So hey,
2: and, and how's the how's a little blurb analysis on him? How's this the last <laughs> sentence? Smythe could see could see more workload as a blocker as the season continues. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if Miami crowd game can get going, but his fantasy floor essentially remains non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> his floor
1: is non-existent. All <laughs> oh, oh, right. Well, it's um. Anyway, I, I guess we can pick holes, but he was the highest scorer of the week, so um. Well done, Ricia. You've you started the season well. Okay, so before we wrap up with our uh, previews of this coming week, uh, I think there's a bit of an unusual situation with the number of injuries that we've seen over the weekend. And so it was a pretty exciting waiver wire, um, Wednesday, I guess, if that's what it's called today. Um, so I think we'll, we'll go through that, but before we do, um, I've just got a little bit of background information to share with you guys. And, um, Jared McCluskey, as some of you would know him, most of you would know him as the fantasy team as he's now named, Um, he works at Mazda and clearly if you drive a Mazda, be very nervous because there's probably not a lot of time going into keeping your car safe because he (laughs) sent me today a dossier. There's no other way of describing it of waiver wire um, reviews and I I guess transaction changes that have taken place over the course of the year. And I, I, we don't have the four hours to go through the entire logbook of everything he's got, but I have picked out some highlights that, Jared's put together. And this is, we're, we're, let's keep in mind, we're two weeks into the season. So I'm just going to run you through the highlights. The first one, and we touched on this in Woodsy's game. Woodsy claimed Paris Campbell last week off the waivers. So anyone who's a keen follower of the WhatsApp will see how much he was sucking about the fact that he's wide receiver four or wide receiver five or whatever he referred to him as got injured. Um, he'd had anyone on his roster for three days. And as we discussed earlier, clearly shouldn't have started him over Cooper Cup. The second one, and this one's pretty average, Havers dropped Robbie Anderson, who's currently wide receiver five in the league, for the Vikings D, who's been absolutely stunk, and he's never even used them. He's never once started them. So he's dropped Robbie Anderson for nothing.
0: To be fair on Havers, because he needed to draw him for a defense, he was saying that he spent the whole... Because he needed he was going to start one of them, either Deshaun Jackson or Robbie Anderson week one, and he picked Deshaun Jackson of the two. So flip the coin there and he could have... Yeah, I think it might be 2-0 and o if he'd gone the other way.
1: Well, yeah. You, um, Robbie Anderson's a pretty good asset now, so he'd, he'd be ruining that one. Third one, and somehow <laughs> this is the depth and the comprehensiveness of the dossier. He's actually got notes on himself as well. So Jared's <laughs> dropped Brandon Ayuk three times. He's obviously picked him back up each time. He's then decided to play him in round two. And as we talked about earlier... That's cost him the win because he could have played Devontae Parker or pretty much anyone else on his bench and he wouldn't have lost to Dale. Um, The next one is there's two chapters on Hunter Renfro. So I'm going to try and summarise it as best I can. Firstly, Hunter Renfro is drafted by Mike Chubberts, race. Hunter Renfro was then dropped by Mike Chubberts for Durham Smythe, who we've just talked about. (laughs) He's not scored a single point or had a single target through the first two weeks. He was then picked up by Judge Judy. Um, as we talked about on last week's episode, who he dropped for Sammy Watkins, whacking in a massive chunk of fab along the way. Sammy Watkins put up 2.1 this week, and Renfro had a 6.7, incidentally. So he's wasted all that fab and lost points. Hunter Renfro was then added by Dale for a few hours during the week, and he's been dropped again. So he's back on the waivers for anyone interested there. The uh, The next one, I'm ashamed to say, starts with me. So Devonta Freeman, who I picked up in the last round of the draft genius move at the time. I then dropped him for Goskowski, and we know how that one worked out in week one. Um, Devonta Freeman was then picked up by Andrew who you dropped for Robbie Anderson. So while well, you're Don't probably disappointed not to have uh, Devonta Freeman, but Robbie Anderson's probably moved out. All right. Worked out. All right. And then Devonta Freeman's now found a home with Jared at their fantasy team. Um, This one's just, I'm not really sure what the point of it is But I find it quite amusing Havers, who we gave a big pat on the back For picking up Antonio Brown In the last round of the draft Just to chuck him straight on IR He's dropped him after the news broke That Antonio Brown may be suspended for 67 weeks (laughs) Probably not that useful on your IR In a 52 week year when the guy's got a sixty-seven week suspension hanging over his head, you've got to draft. I'm not sure if that's games as well, but if it is, he's going to have to draft about five times before he could play um, <laughs> Antonio Brown. So it's probably probably not that useful. Um, and then the final one, and we, we could never um we could never go through without pointing the finger at Woodsy for some sort of hole in his strategy. And this one's uh, Miles Gaskin, who I, I pinched off the waiver wire earlier today. Um, <laughs> Woodsy added him midweek last week and dropped him the next day, inexplicably. Now, I think he picked up uh, Corey Davis, who's, who's pretty reasonable. But Miles um, Gaskin, who was then sought after, because I think we had six bidders on him on the waiver wire this weekend. I'll have to check whether Woodsy was one of them, because that would be quite interesting. But. Oh. Um, yeah, that seems like a little bit of a pointless transaction to pick up a guy on a Wednesday, drop him on a Thursday. If you're uh, gonna be two bucks on him. Two bucks. Well, that's two bucks well. Why would,
2: would why would Woodsy need why would need a running back? Didn't he go crazy with running back? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, okay. well. Anyway, so that's um that's the highlight. So we, we, we might dip into Jared's dossier again as the season goes on. And um there's clearly not a work <laughs> going, not a lot of work going on over at Mazda at the moment. That's great. It's like a little diary that we just chucked through. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I, I'd, I'd like it if it was a diary. It, it's in, what's that? It, it's in a spreadsheet, but it looks like that. You know, those like code files that hackers draw in, you know, it's like just a <laughs> black screen with text and symbols everywhere. Basically binary it may as well be written. It's how these engineers have people think, I think. Um, anyway, all right, let's move on. So wave a wire from today, um, big, big big wave of wire period. So to recap some of the main ones, main injuries from the weekend we had, and this is in no particular order. So pick me up if I miss guys here, I'm just really these off the top of my head. We obviously had number one pick Christian McCaffrey getting injured. He looks to be out for a little while. Um, Saquon Barkley ACL out for the season. Um, While we're on running backs, we've got Raheem Mostert went down. I don't think that's a long, long long-term injury, but he's definitely going to miss some weeks. Um, Quarterbacks, I don't think anyone's got Garoppolo, but he went down and that obviously impacts his receiving core. Um, who else do we lose? Courtland uh, Cortland Sutton. Courtland Sutton, yep, ACL goal for the year. Um, Dale's plenty happy about that one, clearly.
2: Nine Niners defense. I think they are all <laughs> ACL.
1: <laughs> He's got they're their... all done. Yeah, well, not no, no, off no. the board in the draft.
0: Yeah, well it's you know,
1: so highly built the other
0: build. half of the Niners will go down this week against um,
1: uh, the uh-huh. Giants The the interesting one too with we mentioned Saquon was that there wasn't real clarity on who was going to take that role so there was theoretically going into waivers three guys who could all be the running back one Devonta Freeman got signed I think earlier the day Um, and obviously Wayne Gorman took the job last year when Saquon got injured but he was inactive last week a healthy scratch and then the other one of course is um, the former New England running back um, Dion Lewis, who did most of the work last week after Saquon got injured, so that that kind of made things pretty interesting. Um, all right, so shall we go through the waiver report and give us? I'll run through them, and maybe if you guys want to give us your take, first first one. All right, where are we? Well, that's my waiver report. That's not helpful. Yeah, let me show you. All right. Yeah, um, put them here.
0: Okay, do, do, why don't you run through them, Andrew? Cool. So Cam uh, added Mike Davis, dropped AJ Dillon.
1: And what did he bid on Mike Davis?
0: So it doesn't show unless you've unless you've bid oh, on it. Oh, oh, I've bid. What so
1: I've... okay, so Cam's bid forty five dollars. The next biggest bid was Haver with thirty seven. Cleats and potatoes, Woodsy, uh, just clearly, despite telling everyone he's stacked at running back, he put thirty one dollar bid on. I put on a 27, Dale put on a 21, come out of 15. But as you said, Cam got the job done with 45.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this one. I just, there's two, there's two um, trains of thought with, with this one for mine. It's, the first one is, do you think Carolina will be in any hurry to get Christian McCaffrey back in what looks to be a pretty much a tank rebuild year? Um, but, probably the, the way I was leaning is that sometimes these plays are a bit of a sucker play for these guys that come in. Are we sure they're that good? Um, is there going to be better opportunities next week or the week after or the week after that? So it's really weighing up um, if you want to, you know, shoot your shot now or, um, or if, you, if, if you think that Carolina might bring
0: McCaffrey back. Yeah, I, I think. I don't mind Davis as a player. Like, while well, I was watching when he was in this week, and I'm like, he's one of those players that you're always like, oh, I don't mind him when he gets action, but yeah, it's. Does it scale up to if he gets 15, 20 touches from his three or four that he gets now, or does he drop off and lose efficiency? Yeah, I, I tend to
2: think when these superstar running backs go down, Um, And the the downgrade from uh, Christian McCaffrey to the next level is so great that I just feel like a lot of the time a committee starts to form underneath these superstar guys. I just never think it just becomes one guy's role for the rest of the year or for six weeks in a row. They're just going to hammer one guy. I just don't kind of see that happening. I could be wrong. Um, But I just feel like they'll work a couple of guys in
1: in there and it's going to be hard for you to start him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I, I obviously bid on him, but the, my doubt is, I, I just feel like CMC will come back. He played the game out. Like he, he came back, you know, he's just, just I've seen him get injured and come back on before, even, and even if it doesn't mean anything, he's just one of those guys. So, um, And compared to some of the other injuries, he's clearly, you know, a, a risk of losing the spot again with some of the ACLs. Clearly the running back job's there for the whole year, but this isn't one of them. Anyway, all right. What's next, Andrew? Uh, so Cam added Dion Lewis and dropped uh, me coal. Um, um, I did not see on Dion Lewis. can't help you with that one. I think he spent 25 on the what's that? Um, oh, he spent $5 on it. I uh, don't
0: know, 35 on him. Jeez.
1: So he's put up 70 on... Wait, 35 did you say? Yeah. He's put up 80 on those two guys, two running backs. Who took him? Uh, Ken. Okay. Um, uh, like, if Lewis ends
0: up, if they end up passing more and then he becomes the pass catcher and he becomes, yeah, there's a chance that he could catch a couple of passes a game plus get some rushes. Like, it could be a, like a good flex play in bye weeks and stuff. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but I, I wouldn't have spent that much, but yeah, if as Cam said on the, um, what's that? That you didn't feel there's going to be much value later, so you might as well spend it now if you don't think you're going to get anything later.
1: Yeah, well, I think it, it's true because you've got 15 weeks or 14 weeks of it at this point. But um, if, I mean, they've signed Freeman. If Freeman comes in and he was a pass catcher at the Falcons, it's not like he's, you know, he's going to succeed completely that well. Interesting. I mean, he's, he's he's stocked up his running back depth anyway, Cam. Interesting that Reese didn't bid on. So back on Davis, but Reese didn't bid on him at all. The the McCaffrey owner. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Um, Reese is pretty stacked at running back. Like he's got Hunt, Chubb, uh, Gibson, and um, what's his name from Jacksonville that I can't remember the name of. So Robinson. I just wanted to. Um, Robinson. Yeah. So. Those, uh, So is Cam, though. Zeke.
2: Although he's lost Ronald Jones, potentially. Um, Ingram,
0: yeah. Um, So next, we've got you uh, bidding on Miles Gaskin and dropping Tariq.
1: Yes. So I bid 29, um, overbid in the end, because I had Andrew with 10, Dale with 8, Camo with 7, Keeney with five And Woodsy with two Who could have just held on to him Four days earlier And he wouldn't have to bid anything But um, Yeah So six bidders But I obviously Probably pay more than I needed to there
2: So this is different for mine This one So this one for me is I think that After two weeks There's more evidence To suggest that it's his role um, There's been no injury So I don't see it Changing so much Whereas the other guys We don't really know What that's going to shake out To look like I think clearly if you look at um, percentage time on the on the field, um, the snaps that have been involved in, the carries, the catches, the targets, he's clearly the the main man there. There's a little bit of a committee, but he's clearly Jordan Howard's non existent. Um, and it's Brader and um, and Gaskins, but Gaskins leading the way. So I yeah, you might have you might have overbid in terms of your competition, but I you know, I wouldn't be too worried about spending twenty five on him.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the rationale for me was, um, and we'll get to one of my other waiver pickups in a minute, but I've got, unless something goes drastically wrong, I shouldn't need ever to play a running back in the flex because I've got, well, I've had three gun running, three gun running receivers the whole time, and now I've got Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. So I'm never putting a running back in the flex. Um, and unless one of those get badly injured, I've still got some depth in my receiver. So for me, it came down to, I've got my kind of Gordon Connor starters, but I need someone I can play if one of those goes down. And I took Benny Snell, so I've got the depth behind Connor, but I just thought this guy's like, it's probably the best way I can get a starting running back, someone who I can start. I probably don't ever want to start him, but, you know, the the problem is with running back is, as we know, there's no depth. If you're picking up running back twos, they're just useless. They, you know, get barely any touches, as Naheem Hines showed on the weekend for me. So, yeah, it was. Anyway, that was the rationale behind it. Uh,
0: next, uh, Fitzy. Uh, we got a double from Fitzy. So he dropped Gronk and added uh, Jordan Aikens. And he dropped uh, Sanders and added Lavisca Chenault. Junior, not senior.
2: Both upgrades on current players that he had. Um, Aikens is an interesting one. He's been decent um, for Houston early on. But they've thrown the ball a fair bit. <laughs> Um, and Chanel I like I think they use him A fair bit I had him at some point This year um, So yeah As I said I think upgrade on, on Gronk And Sanders Who
1: Was Non-existent For the Saints All the weekend I haven't Looked closely But uh, I know last year Because I sort of Had both of them At various times Fells and Aikens Are a pain Because Aikens Is better And gets more of the passes And Fells always gets The touchdown Touchdown targets Which is annoying Um, But yeah I didn't mind that Peek And and yeah You're right with Sanders If Sanders can't Get anything going When Michael Thomas Is out He's just pointless
0: Yep Then Woodsy added Goldman
1: And dropped Paris Campbell What? Woodsy dropped him I thought he's his Favorite player Most important (laughs) Guy that he's Going to build His dynasty around And then Other highlights um, do, we know if, what, do we know what that one was? Would he bid on Coleman? Uh, no, because someone else would have had to have bid on him. So, Oh, sorry. Wayne well, um, Gorman, it was. Um, I thought it was. Hang on. No, maybe I don't know. Anyway, yep. Yeah, all right. Um, Come on, picking up Keenan Cole and dropping Wentz. No, I was on that one. He spent six. No, he spent four on Keenan Cole. Sorry, he spent six. I bid four. Dale bid two, and Havers bid three. I don't mind that one. We've, I mean, Jacksonville looks
0: like they're going to be in a lot of high scoring games. So just getting part of that offense, I don't think so. But depth isn't that big of an issue. If he keeps putting up good numbers, then it could be a good depth fire.
1: I agree. He's, I think he's number 17 ranked wide receiver through two weeks. He's had a touchdown in each game, but he's getting plenty of targets. And like, you, you kind of just need a couple of these wide receivers on your bench that can sort of score 10 plus that you can start if you need to. So clearly a few of us thought the same thing about him.
2: And how great that Cam Newton was the last quarterback taken in the draft, which is looking like a masterstroke and guys that were taken before him, Brady, Wentz, Jones, Breeze, all gone, all dropped Mm. two weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. Because A, it shows kind of you can wait for QB and B, there's so many on the waiver wire that you can just grab that are better than what you drafted.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's... We we kind of called that at the time with that last group. It's sort of you take them, but you're very happy just to drop them if it's not working out and change them with someone else. It's It will be interesting when that next tier and all of them being good, but if people are dropping players from the Russell Wilson, Josh Allen... It's like the Stafford,
2: those kind of guys, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Stafford's yeah. Uh, if I'd taken Stafford as my quarterback, because obviously I took him as my backup um literally to play him once, but if I if I'd sort of taken him as my starting quarterback, I'd probably be I'd be fine with him hmm. at this point.
0: Um and then so Dale's added uh M V S and Dalton Schultz. Schultzy. I don't know much on them. I think everyone yeah. said. Sort of, like, if Schultz gets as many targets as he did this week, he'll be fine. But are they going to play a game that's 40 to 46 or whatever it was um, every week? And then yeah. M- MBS is a nightmare to start. Yeah. Like, that's it. that's got
1: zero or 20 written all over it and you just don't know when to start him. It's frustrating. Do you reckon, do you reckon Dale took Schultz just because he's obsessed with Dallas tight ends and he got so excited about his first one? That Blake he's just like, yeah, but and any sort, you know, I'm taking the other the other one as well, just because I'm, you know, I know guys that no one else knows. Yeah. There's every possibility. <laughs>
0: um, and then Havers picked up Tannehill and Drop Breeze, which I think we already discussed a bit before. Yeah. Um, then Dale's also picked up Deshaun Jackson and
1: Kerryon on Johnson. Oh, I can see the amounts actually. I was looking at right. them. So what they've spent on them. Um, so, hang on. Wayne Gorman was eight that Woodsy had spent on him. Sorry, I've just discovered this. Uh, LaVisca Chennault was 11 that Fitzy spent and 11 on Jordan Akins as well. Um, Dion Lewis, I don't know if we discussed that one. or no, we did. Oh, yeah, 35. We worked that out, didn't we? Um, so, sorry. Back to where you're up to.
0: Oh, so I have breaking news that's just happened as a trade that I'm about to approve. Fitzy has traded Derek Henry to Woodsy for Austin Eckler and Corey Davis.
1: Oh, Fitzy's one. <laughs> I reckon on that trade. No, uh, Woodsy, uh, Woodsy. I, I, I would I, I would rather the Fitzy side of that. Good on you, Fitzy. <laughs> I, I, I like that for Fitzy because Fitzy's got... We just talked about his team before. He's got holes everywhere. So Corey Davis, he can start. And I reckon... Eckler's arguably, he, he could score more points over the course of the year than um, Derek Henry, I reckon.
0: Um, and then maybe why? Nothing else that interesting for the rest of it. Already running um, over, I'll uh, cut the rest can,
2: out. Can we just, sorry, just yeah. really quickly. Um, let's just have a look at Fitzy's first four picks in the draft. <laughs> Derek Henry, gone. Michael Thomas, gone. Leonard Fournette, changed team two days later. Raheem Mostert, injured.
1: <laughs> he's a he, He's I like it. He's got absolutely, like, he, to use the words that he used, I think it was on the podcast when he came on, he goes, whatever I've been doing hasn't worked for me in the past. So I'm just going to just do anything. <laughs> I'll try stuff. want to keep going. going, Keyshawn
2: Vaughan waivers. Emmanuel Sanders waivers. Gronkowski waivers.
1: <laughs> Peterson cut. Peterson. <laughs> wow. I'm going
0: to try and get Judy off him because I don't want Fitzy, the Fitzy curse to <laughs> pull him down. Oh, oh, dear. Dear. Wow.
2: Derek Who took Carry On Johnson? Uh, Dale took him. Up. I got real concerns about Carry On. They. He doesn't run the ball and he doesn't get targeted. He's... I don't know what to <laughs> make. And they've drafted, obviously, DeAndre Swift highly. And, yeah, I don't know. And they bring Peterson in. It's a, it's a tough one.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, I, I just wouldn't want a running back in that offense. It's, there's a few teams. And I said it at the start of the year, stay away from Miami. So I realize I've just just gone back on my own thing. But, Yeah. It's it's never good when, just to your point about Dale picking up Carry On and Deshaun Jackson, it's never good when you're taking two guys off the waivers and you're not even dropping anyone to get them. That shows you your team's been ravaged by injury. That you've just you go on that bad. You've just had to cut people before waivers have even come around. Anyway, um, the other one that I got, I took Benny Snell for uh, the the brick. Randy Bullock just dropped him and don't need a kicker. But yeah, Benny Snell, I think um, Which, interestingly, I tried to trade Jared for him a day ago Jared goes, nah, not interested And then he's dropped him
2: Is there, is there a reason Dale's still got Barkley on IR? Like, is he playing, is he? Is he going to come back?
1: <laughs> I think he just wants him on his team So he can look at him and go, oh, I'd pick two <laughs> Okay
0: uh, well, He's got Barkley in his team's name So I think he's just like, might as well just keep him there
1: Oh, dear. All right. Well, we're, we're definitely lagging behind our 30-minute target today. So um, let's let's very quickly move into the match previews for this week. Um, so just pulling them up now. We'll go in order as what's on my phone, which means my game's going to be first. Oh, and I'm playing the commish. So, Andrew, you and I, um, how are you feeling going into that one? Oh,
0: I mean, it's all going to come down to um, Atlanta v. Chicago. It's... We literally have the whole Atlanta offense between our two teams. Um, you know, depending on what happens there, it's probably just going to decide our match.
2: Well, would you trade him the, the Atlanta kicker, considering he's, hot, he's short in that spot at the minute, Steve is? Um, and we know he likes the Atlanta Falcons. So well, the
1: problem is, there... is Andrew's got the quarterback, the tight end, and the running back. So we've literally got, got the, the tight end. team.
0: All. I've got the running back and the quarterback oh, sorry, I've and got the got Yeah, sorry, you're right. And then yeah. you've got the two wide receivers and the tight end. If one of us trades for Russell Gage from Havers, like literally every fantasy relevant player in that offense will be in our game.
2: Can you start Todd Gurley? Just so we can have some more. <laughs> That's
1: unbelievable. Would you, let's say you're starting Gurley, Andrew, would you want it to be a shocker for the Falcons or a ripper for the Falcons? Like, you Whatever. can't pick okay. who gets what points. Is, but I, think, you...
0: I think, like, I'm more likely to lose. Like, if Matt Ryan has a bad day and Todd Gurley has a bad... Like, Gurley's not that good at the moment. Whereas, like, Ridley's been putting up 40 points. If you know, If he scores less than 15, I'll be
1: happy.
2: You don't want Matt Ryan to score well, which is ironic. Yeah.
1: Uh, unless he rushes for, like, four touchdowns. <laughs> to double his <laughs> career number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have d- seen him do the old uh, Peyton Manning sneak on the goal line on occasion. Um, all right, we don't need to talk about ourselves, so let's move to the next one. Oh, Keeney versus <laughs> Reese. My chub. I will say,
2: that, just on that last matchup, Miles Sanders against a putrid Cincinnati rush
1: defense. Ooh. Could could be in line for a big big day. Not bad, is it? I, I must admit. Um, last week I think I mentioned on the WhatsApp group that I brought in Randy Bullock purely so I had someone to watch in the Thursday game. And I'll be starting Miles Gaskin just so that I can have someone to watch in the Thursday game well, this one. On
0: that, I after I made the trade with Ben earlier today, um, I was chatting to him about it. I'm like, You realize you've made the dumbest mistake in that trade? You've traded away a startable player on a Thursday night on the Thursday night <laughs> game. They're worth their weight in gold. It's the best part of like Thursday is having a player in
1: it. <laughs> oh, I've just realized. It's probably <laughs> unlikely. But if I start him in the flex and then Michael Thomas gets up for the Sunday night game, I can't start him.
0: Mm. You shouldn't Ooh. if you're starting someone on the Thursday, you should never put them in the flex. You put them in the starting spot right. for their position.
1: Yeah, it's true, but <sighs> He, he's the yeah. I mean yeah, you're right. I, I then, but then I got to not start Gordon or Connor, which I guess I'm starting Michael Thomas of either of those. But you know it's way. painful that I'm starting my worst I, player. i wouldn't you know, play it's Michael
0: Thomas if he plays this week anyway.
1: He, I like, reckon if, he's if he's he do an you're playing.
0: I know with think. your team, you've got a good enough wide. You've got a good enough starting lineup. Well, listen to this. <laughs>
1: It's just lulling me into a false insecurity. All right, anyway, um, Keeney and Reese. So, Keeney, how are you feeling about it? Well, as you said,
2: it's always good to have a, a Thursday night game. And I've got the big stash. Dale's favourite man, Gardner Minshew, putting up back to back 20 burgers up against <laughs> this Miami defense. I'm excited to watch the great man go about his business. I put George Kittle in my lineup just for some. Some good juju. I'm just hoping that he plays. <laughs> I have no idea if he will, but
1: <laughs> you're hoping that player. the Niners will see him in your lineup and go, you know what? It's a good idea. Let's do that.
2: Yeah. And I pr- probably noticeable changes for me. I've, I've got rid of Cincy defense. I've p- picked up the Chargers, who I think will be all right this year defensively. They've had a tough early schedule. Um, and the great man, Blankenship from. Old oh, oh, Goggles and...
1: Blankenship. I, I was very <laughs> excited to see Goggles in your lineup. I'm just,
2: I'm just starting him because he looks great and kickers are irrelevant, so why not? Um, and I think uh, they'll put up points against the Jets as well. So
1: I hope I, you win for the same reason that I used to play as Horace Grant on NBA Jam, because I love <laughs> Goggle. He's the Horace Grant of NFL. That's
0: fantastic.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah. there's a chance I start Deontay Johnson, who is going very nicely as well at the minute. In Pittsburgh, they just big Big Ben loves him.
1: the uh, The big question for me out of this one, and and you know your lineup and Reese's lineup, all very interesting. But does Durham Smythe get his first target of the season on Reese's bench? That's the that's that's what I'll be. My eyes will be glued, Blankenship style, to the box watching that one.
0: Look, he's projected for one point three points, so.
1: Where, where? But he's getting the, a nah, There's no what, way NFL.com They've
0: got him as... No, no, I
1: know But where they pull 1.3 from I, We need Woodsy With his forensic subscription To explain <laughs> to us How a guy that's never been Targeted in his life Gets a 1.3 I'll
2: tell you what I have been a little lucky though With, uh, with Christian McCaffrey out This week Likely um, And surely The two Cleveland boys Can't do what they did last week Against a pretty solid front In Washington as well So Yeah um, Hopefully, I don't cop that Chubb-Hunt treatment.
1: Let's hope so. Um, our next game, one of these teams is going to get their first win. So the fantasy team, Jared versus Kelsey Clinton. Ben, who, looking at his lineup, does not have Travis Kelsey, nor does he have Bill Clinton. So I'm not really sure what <laughs> the team name is on about. But um, who are we tipping on that one?
0: I mean, you got to go with Jared. But, I mean, if... Ben pulls off a upset here, which I mean, I could see him doing like Hawkinson against Arizona. They're not great against tight ends. Like if uh, Lamar puts up 40 points on the Tuesday game um, and then Jared ends up 03 with maybe, which could be the best team in the league. It would be the story of the, well, the yeah, story of the early season.
2: Mm. And, and it's interesting here. It's, Never a great sign when an opponent doesn't have one of the slots filled in and you're still projected to lose. Um, <laughs> to do too well with me. But it's going to be interesting to see how far do you think Jared needs to be ahead before that Monday night game um, with Hollywood and Lamar Jackson stack coming at him. Uh, before he um, takes a think- kicker.
0: Well, both those kickers are already taken, so he has no, to... Oh, so he's got to go early. Mm. Yeah, he'd have to go on the I, Sunday night game.
2: you he, would want to be like 45 ahead to feel okay about it. Like, I can see Hollywood... Oh, I'd want more than that. I'd like, want,
0: 45, 50, you'd want to be ahead? Because if Hollywood, like, gets a long touchdown... I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it's...
1: I, um... <laughs> I know Jared's an avid listener of the podcast, but I'm questioning his starting decisions here. I, I don't know if I'd start David Montgomery over certainly Jarek McKinnon because I reckon they're playing Atlanta. I reckon Chicago could quite easily be trailing the whole time. And Jarek McKinnon yep. just, I mean, it, it is a risk. And I know Jared knows San Fran better than anyone, but.
0: Jarek is hey, more likely good. to
1: do his knee, I think, in
0: that game. So you could get two points from him. And he pulls his knee out on that turf.
2: Devontae Adams could be out as well. So another one helping uh, Ben there. That's uh
1: yeah. I mean Jared does have Devontae Parker sitting on the bench, although he's questionable at the moment.
0: And he's um, finally taken uh, Evan Ingram out to put Joni Smith in his lineup. Oh no, you know how
1: that works. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't have two tight ends, let alone three. No, against the
2: seat against the beaten and battered San Fran defense, I'd, I'd be tempted to leave Ingram in
1: there. Anyway, good game. Looking forward to it. Uh, next up, we've got Larry's dump truck. Um, Cam, 2-0, and o, projected to pretty comfortably do the job over Havers. Um, no defense. Yeah. Good on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no defense. That's why. What do we make of this one?
2: Well, we might get our first look at Kenny Golday. Um, Interesting flex here, and I mean flex in, in both ways in terms of the actual <laughs> Putting Goliday in the flex and Russell Gage just lining up in that wide receiver two slot. <laughs> Settle down, mate.
1: Gee whiz. I can only assume he's done it because Goloday is questionable in the late start. That's my best. So he can, he's got more options to track, change him. But,
2: Russell Gage, yeah. an automatic start.
1: Well I is guess because it's only singletary. I guess he's Hilton. Yeah, sorry. Question.
2: Again, I think this one could be close. Like, I like some of the matchups that um, that Daniel's got here or Havers has got here. Uh, like Tannehill against if if Minnesota's defence is anything we've seen in the last two weeks, Tannehill could have a really nice day. We'll put up fifty. Uh, and then you got Watson against a really good defence in Pittsburgh. Um I think all in all, you know, Cam's team's better, but
1: it could be a close game. Cam's got um he's still starting Ronald Jones, who he might start, who knows? But we seem to think he's not a great option at the moment. But he's just spent eighty bucks of fab on Davis and Lewis, who are both sitting on the bench. So he's potentially got a bit of movement to make his team even stronger as well. Although he's and not just- he's He's starting Zeke, so it's really there's one, probably one running back spot. I doubt he's going to start Lewis over Ingram. So probably and one And a question
2: for you guys here. If you both owned the Ravens' defense, would you start them against Kansas City? No. Yeah. I wouldn't even keep them.
0: I'd, I'd, I'd just get rid of them and get some yeah, They've got... You have to keep them because they've got Washington and then Cincinnati the next two weeks. Like, yeah, they'll probably... Be the highest Man, scoring yeah, maybe for the next uh, two problems.
1: weeks. The problem is, it's just I don't know. I, I just I, like I tried to get the Colts this week, and I think I got outbid on waivers. Yeah, so did but, I. But like it's yeah, even winning a game doesn't necessarily correlate with big defense scores yeah. because you can you know win the you can keep the other team to ten and you might only score six on your defense. All right.
0: I, mean, I don't mind a taking a decent defense in a game that's going to be high scoring, just because sometimes in those high scoring games, it ends up being while it ends up being thirty five to forty or whatever, you know, you end up with like oh, every all the teams are playing quick and there's yeah. you know, more chance turnovers. So, um, if you've got a talented defense in a game that could just be a bit hectic, like you might not get the points for um, keeping the team to a low score, but You might get the sacks, the turnovers, then get lucky with a pick six or a a special teams touchdown, which the Ravens D is good enough to get one of those.
1: Yeah. Next game, Camo Slayers and Players, that Kenny's favourite team name against Fitzy Judge Judy. Um, At the moment, I I hate talking about the projections because they're just never anywhere near close, but Camo is projected to win that one by 13.
0: To be fair, because the trade just went through, Fitzy hasn't put... Um, a starting running back in his lineup as of yet.
1: Oh, the one I'm looking at has a projection with Harry Henry still in. Yeah, so the one I might need to refresh. So it's still a 10 point um, win for Cummins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now he's dropped to 84. But yeah. So,
2: yeah. Um, well, interesting, interesting trade live on the podcast here as well. And I think. We both agree that, you know, Corey, Dave, if AJ Brown misses again um, against Miami, I think Corey Davis plays probably for him ahead of um, Chanoff or Judy, one of the two. And then he'll obviously slot Eckler in there um, with ugh, Adrian Peterson. As his no, but I'd put Fournette.
1: I'd start Fournette over Peterson.
2: Okay. Yeah, Fournette four and Eckler. Right. Right.
1: Four um, <laughs> but with- you've got to remember some of Fitz's starting decisions. So it's no lock that he'll go with what we think is the optimal roster.
2: No, you're right. That's starting to look a bit more solid. Um, Fournette and Eckler with with Davis and Thielen. Um, Fournette
0: though, like as average as Denver's been, our run defense has been pretty good over the first two weeks. So, um, if you start Peters, if he's going to start Peterson like he's got him in his lineup, and he'd start Eckler, then he may just go three wide receivers, um, depending on what he wants to do. But um, yeah, he might not be the best start for it this week, especially at Denver with the high attitude and no preseason training.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I have got, I just got a message from Fitzy who I think knows why we've, uh, I don't know if he knows about recording the podcast, but I thought he posted it in the group chat, but I've realized it's just gone to me. Um, he said, <laughs> I've now traded out the guys I took at five and six. Ha, 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 ha. That trade moves were worth it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're you're a spot on 50 and we, we discussed this about 25 minutes ago. So we're uh, on the same page as you, but it's reminded me, he sent me a message before our last podcast, which um, goes back to our, our old mate Hunter Renfro. And he said, so when it comes up in the podcast, I picked Hunter Renfro because he was an upgrade of wide receiver two to Indy's Pittman as a wide receiver three. I played him because I didn't think Judy with no preseason games would be a key part of the offense yet. It was then a toss-up between Renfro and Sanders and Renfro had 14 predicted, so I was like, maybe they know something I don't. The moral of that story <laughs> is it didn't work out for you, Fitzy, and don't listen to the rankings. Woodsy should be a cautionary tale that you can follow. All right. Um, sorry, any comments on that one before we move on?
0: I think, look, hopefully, look, as someone who's a Fitzy backer, we, we need an upset this week to... Otherwise, look, I may have to get off the Fitzy train.
1: <laughs> I Kamo, um, I know he's only sitting third But he's just Ticking along nicely And I don't want It to be rewarded That he just Smugly Refused to trade And then <laughs> Smugly Gave us a clip For not listening to the podcast With that I'm sure you're doing good work Sign off at the end <laughs> So he, he deserves a loss for that um, The last game Which It's probably Always a grudge match When you play Meat and potatoes woods But um, it's probably a, even more of a grudge match this week Dale and Woodsy Dale with his just injury ravaged team and photo of Fitzy and Woodsy just being Woodsy so uh, ignore the projections because they've got holes in their lineup due to the Woodsy trade um, what are we thinking of this one
0: how would you feel if you Dale you lose you know the pick two and then your opponent the next week just trades in uh, the pick five into the you are not going to be happy with that
1: no, not ideal, is it? <laughs> He's got back. So, here, I
2: know, <laughs> yeah. Would you guys start the Niners' defense this week? I I can't get behind that. I That could be... They're playing the Giants. Yeah,
1: but... I don't know. I'd be worried. Well, I mean, if you... If I, 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 I'll put it this way. I wouldn't keep them and not start them. Yeah. There's no, definitely better defenses it, like... out there, but if you're going to, you know, be stubborn about it because you took a defense in the 12th round and you want to prove everyone wrong then you've got a you've kind of painted yourself into a corner so you've I think they've got a
0: decent floor as well like the Giants aren't going to score 30 on them I don't think um, Yeah, know they could lose to the game but um, you know worst case they're still going to probably get four or five points um, and then if the Giants play really bad you know, they can obviously go from there
2: I'll tell you what I've just noticed, and it's clearly the talking point of this matchup. This game will come down to the kickers on Monday night. This is (laughs) out. Yeah. I mean, old Potato Head got Travis Kelsey as well, but really, it's Butker v Tucker, um, and that could be the deciding factor back and forth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Woodsy, when you listen to this, if you want to trade Kelsey, I will trade something... I'll trade a good package for Kelsey, just so that we can have kicker bowl on uh, Tuesday afternoon.
1: How magnanimous of you, Andrew! It's good to <laughs> see that Woodsy's got Cooper Cup back in his roster too. He's he's woken up from whatever drug induced coma he was in last week when setting his lineup.
2: Obviously, fantasy pros have decided that Cooper Cups a better prospect than someone with a torn Achilles or whatever injury Paris Campbell's
1: got. Well, he's um. He's... Uh, I, I, I'm i just going to make fun of it, even though I know it's intentional. but he's currently got Frank Gore starting over Derrick Henry. So we might just leave it at that. on you say... Hopefully the ranking is telling him to keep it that way.
0: Mate, he'll be starting Frank Gore. Don't worry about that. Yeah, he will. He's would got Gorman. Say, would you start you Frank Gore? Gore would you start him. Boston Scott against Cincinnati?
1: I would... I'd watch closely what they say about New York, but I'd be tempted to start Gorman. Because I, I just... I don't know. Devonta Freeman will have been there three days. Are they really going to give him all the work? He doesn't know the scheme. He doesn't... Yeah, I I, I, Gorman going. scored a 28 or something last year. The one game healthy game he got when Barkley was injured.
0: Sorry, just the state of Fitzy's running backs when we're talking about <laughs> Frank or Wayne Gorman or Boston Scott.
1: You mean, so you mean Woodsy's running backs? Woodsy, I thought we were sorry, back on yeah. Fitzy. Again. Like, I can't <laughs> Poor guy.
2: Coming from the bloke who gave me a clip for not drafting running backs, he's ended up with that pile of
1: pump. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, I look forward to watching that game close. It's it's a good swathe of batch ups this week. There's a few spicy ones in there, so it should be good. All right, I think we've um, we've probably just ticked over on thirty minutes, so we might wrap it up there. <laughs> Thanks very much, as always, boys. It was uh, it was a pleasure. Good luck for the week ahead. Yeah,
0: uh, good luck, Kenny. Bad luck, uh, many.
2: <laughs> uh, it's good fun. Um, good luck to everyone this week. Should be good.
1: Sounds good. It's a lot nicer from you, Kenny, than the last time you're on the podcast. Clearly, um, we we used up all your rage in the first five minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got a bit heated.
1: Calm down. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby,